I'm Darius and I'm Sam and welcome to the Arts for Shoe podcast. This podcast is by young people for young people just to talk about the things that we care about. We're here to give you a voice whether that's the voice of your creativity, your professionalism or just something that you're doing that you feel needs to be spoken about. And if you want to get in touch and actually get on this podcast you really can. We don't like I mean, we promise. And we genuinely, we promise. But the real question here is, are you listening? I mean, are you listening? Are you listening? Are you listening? <laughs> Let's just get on into the podcast. Welcome back to the Black Lives Matter mini-series. There are some themes within this mini-series that may be upsetting to you. If it is triggering to you, themes of racism, bullying, and various other things, please we implore you to listen to another one of our podcasts that will be much more beneficial to you. Thank you, and I, we hope you enjoy the Black Lives Matter mini-series. Let's get into it right now. Hello and welcome back to the Oxford Youth Podcast. It's Darius again and you are back in the Black Lives Matter mini-series. This is the second episode in Fantastic Allies and Where to Find Them. In the last episode, we spoke to Aria and Jenny. Weren't they absolutely amazing? If you haven't already checked out that episode, go back and check it out. In today's episode, we will be talking to four amazing people, one of which you kind of already know. The one that you already know is Sam, my co-host, my partner in crime on this podcast. You know him, you love him. I mean, if you don't love him, I'm judging you because he's absolutely amazing. I've had the privilege of working with him for, I mean, it feels like the last year, but I feel like it's actually less, kind of like with Jenny. Like, I feel like I've known them such a long time now, but within Oxfordshire, Oxfordshire Voice like we have done so many amazing things from the Youth Awards which as I said last time it's coming (laughs) Um, and so many other amazing things. An old school friend of mine who I'm super excited to have on this podcast Ashika she is such a fantastic girl and I cannot wait for you to hear so much more about her she is just absolutely fantastic. Zhao Again, an amazing friend who I met through Collective Conversations, a fantastic writer, and she also has an Instagram account called Zhao's Law that you need to go and check out. And last but by no means least, my girl Lizzie. Like, Lizzie, I don't even know when we started, like, just talking and becoming friends. I think it was around the time of Collective Conversations. And wow, like, she is a phenomenal woman. Um, she also has an Instagram account that you also need to go and check out called Lizzie underscore etc. Like, go and check it out, please. It's absolutely amazing. Um, she's talking about her health, um, having endometriosis and so many other things that come with having a disability. She is just an outstanding woman and I'm super, super glad to have every single one of these people on today's podcast. So let's jump straight into it and introduce them all right now. Hi everyone! Hello! Hi! So we have so many amazing people here. I cannot fully express to you how much I love and respect every single person here. So we're gonna go like round and just like properly get introductions and like on my screen, I have Zhao right next to me. She's like, she's like over there, so. So Zhao, how are you? Like, how are you feeling? 
I'm feeling good. I'm really excited to have this opportunity to talk to everyone and share our experiences and how we can help. So I'm awesome. really excited. Thank you. And also, like, who are you? What do you do? Like, what, what makes Zhao Zhao? That's my real question. So, um, I don't really have any hobbies. So I do law and I'm going to my final year. So I don't really have time to pursue anything. Um, I think my favorite thing to do that isn't law related is probably um, watching webinars on how to be a better person. Like it sounds really ridiculous, but like <laughs> it really helps with people skills and like it makes me more confident in dealing with other people as well, like whether it's good or bad. Um, and I really enjoy writing poetry, but I don't really shout with anyone. It's kind of like emotional vomit. So mm. <laughs> I really enjoy <laughs> that <laughs> awesome so let's go to lizzie lizzie how, how are you like how are you my friend like i miss you like i'm good i'm good um, i've literally been so excited for this you don't even understand like just seeing <laughs> you as well like first of all we've not had a chance to meet in person yet so this is so exciting for me but yeah it's been good i've been looking forward to it awesome and like lizzie like who are you what do you do like just explain a bit more about yourself so our viewers and listeners can just get to know you a bit better sure so like i'm a student at uni at the moment but mainly i sort of do things to do with disability awareness um health like things like that women's health especially i have endo endometriosis and several other chronic conditions so i tend to do things like raising awareness or speaking to women online i've just finished a job at my uni which we're working to improve inclusivity in learning so that's been really good um but yeah that's, that's what i enjoy awesome see like as i said previously like so many people on this podcast i can't even fully express to you like they are talented like ridiculously talented like all i'm saying is like if i need a lawyer in the future Zhao, i'm coming to you because <laughs> like, <laughs> like oh, <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You've got to have a diary of useful people and all your names are going down. <laughs> exactly. Like, I'll, I'll be prepared. Like, because <laughs> let's be real, I'm probably going to need some, like, legal help at some point in the future. So <laughs> I'll have your number. I'm looking for a gynecologist. That would be great. <laughs> oh, <laughs> any, anyone out there listening, like, please, like, just get yeah. in touch, please. <laughs> Sam. I mean, I know who you are, and probably like a handful of our listeners know who you are, but like... I'd hope so. I'd hope I so. mean, you would hope, but like, okay. explain a bit more about who Sam is. Of course. Firstly, can I say how nice it is to be back with you? We've done a couple of episodes apart now. I, 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 my my right-hand man is missing. I don't know what to do. I'm sat there <laughs> recording a podcast episode, and I'm like, and Darren... Oh, wait. He's gone. <laughs> it's very strange. Um, so yeah, I'm Sam. I am the other half of the Oxford, Oxfordshire youth podcasting duo. But outside of that, I, uh, I work mostly in youth engagement at the moment. Um, I'm between actual jobs. So I'm filling my time with uh, quite some quite cool projects to build career access and alternate opportunities for young people, which is something I'm very passionate about myself. Um, I never really fitted in at school. So I found myself looking for what else can people do? And I now try and do that um, for a living, which doesn't always work out, but it's definitely fun. As I, as I said, guys, like you're going to hear Sam's voice loads more over this whole podcast. Like, just, just get used to his voice. His voice is amazing. It's soothing. Like, I'm really, like, hyper and energetic. 
Sam's the opposite. He's like lovely and soothing. So after like this mini series is done and you're completely sick and tired of my voice, you're going to hear Sam. So it's fine. Like, if, if you're I feel done like with sometimes my voice. I, like, I, I sometimes kind of like I have to, you know, match the energy level somehow, which is difficult for me because I have very little energy most of the time. <laughs> and then just to have Darius on my other side, I'm just like, oh, I've got to do something. Um, but no, it always works out. Oh, thank you, buddy. Now, Ashika, now we go back. We are like, way back. Way, way back. And the fact that I can say that and now I'm feeling like proper like nostalgic and old oh. because it's like year seven days. And yes. like when our backpacks were like twice the size of our bodies, like back I love those kind that. of days. <laughs> when we were like timid, shy kids who couldn't even like look up at like year eights or year elevens. That's and we were running <laughs> And look at us now, like, we're, we're flourishing human beings. <laughs> I know. I'd like to point out, I'm still scared of year sevens. They're terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> no, year sevens nowadays are, like, a different breed. They'll scream it. To stab me they will fight you. Like, yeah. It's like, they don't just come one or two, like, literally, there's just, like, a wave of them. And they don't break <laughs> or anything. You just stand there, just terrified, waiting for them to go past. <laughs> <laughs> no, they expect you to move now. I know. Yeah, they do. Any year no sevens listening, elders. any year sevens listening, please don't be offended, but this is true. <laughs> just, just say it, like, this is true. Individually, individually, they're okay. They're, they're foolproof, but as a group, oh. <laughs> so, Ashika, like, what are you doing now? Like, I know, like, back in school days, you, I mean, we were... Actually, I'm going to bring this up because I don't know if you remember. Do you remember where we had, like, our joint Pinterest board where we were just sharing things on, like, fashion? And Hulk Couture and, oh, my God. Those were the days. Okay, obviously, people listening who don't realise or remember, don't understand, but these were, like, the days where, like, we were just sharing some random amazing things of, like, a dress that was like Naomi Campbell or like yes. Harley Kloss or it was just like next level. Anyway, what oh, are you doing now? <laughs> I am currently studying international law at university, so I'm doing that at master's level. And um, yeah, that's what I'm doing so far. We're advised next then. <laughs> <laughs> See, this, this is what I'm saying. I wasn't lying when I said we have some like mad intelligent people up in this group because like, I, basically I'm going to come to all of you people for advice in the future because <laughs> international <laughs> law if i go abroad and something happens i'm like girl ashika <laughs> what do i do i need help <laughs> i know a guy you can just say that <laughs> <laughs> so you can hold it power arrogant power arrogant foes are attacking me ruthless people are killing me they have no regard for me that was written centuries ago and yet it's still true today they are killing me they're killing my people they're attacking me attacking my people you kill one of us you kill all so we are going to um get into this um so a question that i have asked everyone i'm going to continue to ask everyone because i feel it's extremely important how did you all feel when you saw the disgusting, violent murders of George Floyd, Amord Arbery, Breonna Taylor, and the countless others? It was like sprawled all over the news, like pretty much everywhere, all over social media. And the fact that we were in quarantine, completely in lockdown, 
meant that we all had to see it and there was no real getting away from it. Zhao, how did you feel when you first saw this? Um, I think I first came across the George Floyd video on Facebook and after reading the caption, I was like, I can't watch this video. Like, I can't watch someone just, you know, being killed by someone else. Um, and that, even though I didn't actually watch the video, I knew like exactly what was going down. Like, it's not the first mm -hmm. time that a black man has been killed by police in the US. And honestly, like, it just made me so like frustrated that I can't do anything for him or for anyone that's going through the same thing. Um, I think that's when I really started like, um, just raising awareness on my Instagram and like on everything that I can to make sure that people know that this is happening and they're not just saying, oh, it's just something that happens. It shouldn't be mm. something that just happens. Like it's disgusting and people shouldn't just die because the police are not treating people right, you know? 100%. And I don't think I would have heard about um, the other two. I can't pronounce their names, I'm really sorry. But <laughs> you know, I don't know who they are. <laughs> Um, I don't think I would be able to hear about them if it wasn't for the people that I've met through raising awareness and actually like seeing it because we're like-minded people who want to make a change. See, I think that's brilliant because it's, the weird thing is this lockdown has been the weirdest blessing in disguise because yeah. without it, we all probably wouldn't have known to the extent of which it was happening. Um, yeah. Sam, how did you know to the extent of which this was happening, obviously in America, but also in the UK. I think the biggest problem was when I first saw, like John said, about the, the video being posted on Facebook, my reaction was horror, but not shock horror. And that makes it so much worse. I am no longer shocked to come across Facebook and realize the depth of racism and violence that happens because of race. And then so many other factors as well. It's become a horribly passive normality of life because it's been normalized we now have the media who are basically dialing down racism to say it's okay to be racist as long as you aren't violently racist meanwhile violent racism still happens every day all across the world and then began the flurry of people well, as soon as i did begin raising awareness i put a, i had a really interesting conversation over snapchat about um if you aren't using your platform to oppose race, racism you are allowing racism to happen. And somebody got in contact with me to say, but I don't post it on my Snapchat, therefore am I racist? And we talked about this for about 15 or 20 minutes. And after I said, look, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just saying what is the right thing to do in a situation. And mm. I said, you know what? I am actually gonna go and post some stuff now. I'm gonna share some awareness because I'd never thought of it in that way. It's so normalized to just let, let these things happen and to let things continue the way they are. That people don't realize it is the responsibility of those who aren't oppressed to oppose oppression it's really that simple definitely lizzie i want to ask you a question on top of being black there are also so many women who are struggling as well like brianna taylor we are currently at i believe 152 days where her murderers have not been sentenced to anything which is absolutely crazy and by the time this podcast goes out, I really hope something has been done because it's absolutely ridiculous. Why do you think that there is so much less um, exposure or kind of prevalence or pressure put on the murders of black women or black trans or LGBTQ plus people? Yeah, I mean, like you say, like I really do pray that, you know, we've got somewhere by the time this goes out. I think there's so many parts to it. I think whenever you know trans people are involved unfortunately they just do not get anywhere near the attention or the rights that anyone else 
seems to get in general. I think there's also a big issue, you know, we're saying oh, Brianna Taylor didn't get the same amount of media that everyone else, you know, is saying has gone to say um, George Floyd. But I think the reality is, is actually George Floyd is the exception, not Brianna Taylor. You know, most of the time, black men don't get any real sort of, there's no accountability for what happened to them either. I think there's just been a combination of things that happened at a similar time and it all came out in the media at a similar time, which meant that his case got absolutely sort of skyrocketed into the media. Whereas in actuality, in a different time, I don't know whether he'd have got that same care, that same interest. Um, and you know, it's, it comes back to this whole thing of trends and it's awful. But I do think there's an element of that, you know, with where they did Blackout Tuesday, I saw so many people who'd said nothing about Ahmed Arbery or anything like that, or hadn't even said anything on George Floyd or Breonna Taylor, all of a sudden posting. And then that wave went and everything went quiet again. And I think when it comes to trans people and women, they have to work a hundred times harder and everyone else has to work a hundred times harder to get them heard. But at the same time, I don't think that necessarily George Floyd would have been heard in a different set of circumstances. Mm, definitely. Ashika, how do you feel like we can make Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter stop being just a trend? For me, it's especially education is very important. If we implement like education, like history of colonialism, history of Black lives and how they've been mistreated, um, that is one of the most important ones. Also, government reform without that, because Opinions don't change easily for me, especially with the racism. It's still very prominent. There's been loads of acts, especially by the American government, British government, like the racial acts of 2010, 1976. Like, that hasn't really done much. It's just for them to say, yeah, you know what? Everyone's equal, don't be racist, but people are still being racist and being unpunished for it. I wish we had stricter laws to, um, for, like, so it could deter racists. So people could think twice before being racist for attacking someone. Like I wish we had harder laws for that. And that's one of the things that could stop it, like decrease it. Secondly, like like I said, um, education is very, very, very important. If children can learn at a young age, because a lot of people, like especially racism in England or America, they they get their views from their parents or their family. They're like one of the biggest like influences. So if their parents are very conservative and believe in, you know, like colonialism or, you know, how bad people of colour are bad, you know, they're horrible. They grow up thinking that and believing that. And I feel like we should eliminate that and give them like a different perspective for them to believe and not just grow up thinking that. The bottom up approach, like you say about the education, that's probably one of the biggest things I always come back to is that people expect mm. a top down kind of way of doing things will work with anything so it's okay if we just suddenly put three black presenters on to counteract years of oppression rather than actually let's reform education systems let's make sure that black people lgbtq yeah. people have equal opportunities so that the representation is fair it's not just filling for the me point of meeting a diversity quota the people are there because they've worked hard and they earned it but they've had equal opportunities all the way through Definitely. That came up actually in some of the work that I've been doing. So we were looking at statistics for um, the amount of people that get into university, so admissions and things like that. And one of the things that the stats guy was explaining, which had never honestly occurred to me before, is the categories by which it's coming in. So 
the term BAME is used a lot in terms of diversity. And the thing is, is that on the surface, you can go to certain universities and you think, oh, that's not a bad percentage, that's pretty equal, that's pretty good. As soon as you break that down, suddenly you find that, okay, maybe there's a decent percentage of, say, Chinese students getting into higher education, but how many of those are black students? And because it's all compiled into basically, instead of categories, it's white people, non-white people, then the actual true statistics are completely covered up and hidden by that, and we get away, and these universities get away with not actually accepting people from different ethnicities, not actually supporting and mentoring these people to get in there. And on the surface, on their sort of comparisons, on the newspapers, etc., they can go and claim to be diverse, and in actuality, they're, they're really not. That is the, a bigger, wider conversation of Black Lives Matter, because Black Lives Matter for a lot of people they've just seen it as oh it's just a black people issue and they're like no it's an equality <laughs> issue it's like for everyone because until black lives matter all lives cannot matter i actually wanted to get into something slightly a little bit more different because Zhao, we had a conversation recently about kind yeah. of stereotypes about kind of the asian community and i just wanted to like get into that a little bit more because i've been speaking to um some of my other friends, I have um, a friend who's a model, his name's Theo Ching, he is absolutely amazing, basically you guys need to go check him out, he is representing for the Asian community, he's on Gymshark, all of these places, and smashing stereotypes of what Asian men should be, so Zhao, like, what are these stereotypes that seem to be, like, pushing Asian people down all the time? So, I've always been told growing up, I was in like a 97% white area. So like there was only one Chinese kid that was me in the year group, essentially. And I've always been told, oh, you're really loud for a Chinese girl. Or you're really tall for a Chinese girl. Or like, I didn't realize, you know, um, they were so funny. And I was like, well, what does that even mean? You know, like, I'm just me. I, d I didn't realize to be Chinese, I had to be a certain way. And they were like, oh, do you guys run a takeaway? And I was like, really? <laughs> Are you really going to ask me that? Like, really? And I think, in a way, people are like, oh, you're lucky that um, a lot of men fetishize Asian girls. And I'm like, no, because I feel like a piece of meat. I don't want to be fetishized. I want to be loved for who I am and not for the way I look or where I'm from. Um, and I think for guys as well, because um, my boyfriend's Asian as well. And, you know, a lot of times people will pick on him when he's walking alone because they think, oh, Asian men is is timid as well, you know, they won't fight back. Um, they think that Asian men are less of a man, really. And I mm. think that's really toxic to have. You know, some of the most impressive uh, martial art experts are Asian, you know, we've seen all that in films. It's not like we don't have any representation, but yet they want to oppress us by saying, oh, Asian people are only good when they're quiet or when they're not talking back to us. And I think that's why a lot of Asians get told that we're the model minority as such because most of us will d not talk back and you know we'll, we'll just do well we're the tame type of ethnic minorities that white people not all white people the racist white people seem to love because we don't affect their peace we don't start anything essentially but then that's about to change because I exist <laughs> yes girl yes you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see I, I, I when we had that conversation I felt so like in straight in agreement with you because I was like even though that's never been my experience I could empathize yeah. because it's like that whole being told who you should be based on your mm -hmm. race is like completely messed up like 
I yeah. remember being in school being told that I should be good at basketball or I oh you know should should just be able to get all the girls I want because I'm black and I'm there like wait hold up a second how am I don't just getting them. girls for just being black and I mean don't get me wrong like like girls come my way but like it's not just because I'm black and that is just not how it happens and then also when you're saying about the fetishization there is so much hypersexualization mm. of like black children i'm not even going to say young people i want to oh. say children uh, yeah. Like, yeah as as yeah. young as like 10 and they'll just assume that like a black child is like you know 15 16 17 and then it's like oh um this person is doing this like i was with my best friend when we were about 13 she's why i'm black and we were just walking along the street and this mm. woman looked me up and down as if to say why are you with her and I'm there like whoa like leave me alone like she's my best friend and my best friend like being like the queen that she is turned around <laughs> to her and was like what are you looking at yes he's my best friend leave us alone and it's like those kinds of microaggressions that happen every single day which are absolutely ridiculous really like put people on edge like you get looked at like that as if to say like you, you could you know attack someone just because you're a certain colour or that you would groom someone just because you're a certain colour and it's not that it's like it has nothing linked to that at all in any way shape or form yeah with the thing you're saying about fetishization, like that was a bit like honestly that's such a problem for so many groups and so many minority groups because I'd shared this with Darius but recently we finally with endometriosis we finally got this research removed from a medical journal where basically um, normal women with our condition went to the doctors and unknown to them the doctors were basically assessing them on how attractive they were and this was deemed to be medical like scientific research in their heads they're like oh we've noticed that people with this particular condition happen to have what are deemed attractive traits who's deeming these attractive what are these traits and they were doing this to genuine patients that were going for medical treatment for surgery for health mm. and this has been in there for the last seven years Anyway, they finally got it removed and I'd shared that. And like someone reached out to me and they were like, oh, but aren't you flattered? Do you know what I mean? Like, isn't it nice that, you know, that they're saying you're really, like that people with your condition are attractive and you're just like, like women are losing organs. They're losing their fertility. Like this is a serious disease and we're losing the little money we get to someone assessing how attractive we are. Like that's where the money's going. So I really, when you said the fetishization thing, like I felt that like, it's, it's such a big problem and it's such a big we ask. <laughs> yeah. I think there's such a problem in the world of people judging things by how they deem they've made an assumption in their mind therefore this is how things should be done and this mm -hmm. is the biggest problem I find with my friends who are not BAME, LGBTQ+, trying to explain to them it's like yes I know that I don't face these problems but it is still our responsibility to deal with Definitely. these problems and I think my, my friends who just say oh yeah but surely it's not that bad I've seen you know we had a black president um, a couple of years back you know people aren't oppressed and it's like ha it's like they feel like oh yeah I don't see and you know personally I don't go out and shoot people of color therefore there is not a problem with racism and it's statements like that that make me so sad to live in this world because it's just there's so much more we could be doing I mean, mm -hmm. I, I myself, a white straight man, feel like, okay, I've obviously had it quite easy and I know that people have had it worse than me and a lot better than me. That does not therefore deem how I should act towards other people in no way, shape or form. 
and it's terrifying that I, I, it's difficult to understand and again it's a thing of uh, you know it's just different opinions but sometimes it is difficult to understand how people don't see it for the way it is yeah i think on the flip side though the really nice thing that i found recently like with darius and with so many other like amazing women like when you find people that are passionate about how, helping other people's problems that do not affect them like that's the most supportive environment you can find and everyone wins from it like everyone like yeah. there's so much mutual support there's so much mutual love like you know people that get like really down on other people when they're doing well like or trying to limit people like that's not going to make you happy like i see the girls in our group like honestly when one of them wins we're all the most excited and it's like yeah their problems don't affect each other like you know i'm not a black woman i've not experienced that directly but I care about what they care about and they may not have a disability, but they care about what I care about. And from that, we build such like a force and it's, it's so powerful. Absolutely. Like it is, I mean, I have to say collective conversations, like if you people have not, have you have not been on collective conversations yeah. and checked out firstly, I'm judging you. Secondly, <laughs> after you've listened to this podcast, go and check it out because there is some straight fire all over that website like your your soul will be blessed that's all i'm saying like just mm -hmm. prepare yourself to just have like a full baptism of blessings once you check that all out <laughs>